Father, we just thank you. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We give you glory. We thank you, Father, for all your goodness in our lives that we enjoy. Your mercies which are new every morning. Lord, we continuously enjoy that, Lord. And thank you, Lord. Thank you that you never give up on us. That you always are faithful in spite of all our mis- misgivings and our uh, and our unfaithfulness, Lord, so many times. Lord, you continue to be loyal to us in spite of us because you have made a covenant, an eternal, everlasting covenant with us, Lord. A new covenant through your blood and the body of, us, of your Son. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for the enjoying of the, 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 the blessings of the new covenant that we enjoy. We thank you, Father. We worship you. We praise you. And even as we now meditate upon your words, speak to our hearts, encourage us, exhort us, Father, and build us up in that most holy faith, O Lord Jesus. Thank you. To that end, I pray that you would anoint the speaking and the hearing of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. We'll continue on our theme of uh, building, 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 building. And a wise woman builds a home. And we are the bride of Christ and we are considered to be, I mean, at least in the biblical sense, we are God's bride. So therefore, we build our home too, right? A wise woman builds a home and we also are in the process of building, process of gathering and uh, uh it's 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 a privilege always uh, to be found in the house of God. Thank God for His all these opportunities that He gives us. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter two, and let's read from verse nineteen onwards. Now, therefore, if you're there, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners or pilgrims, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Okay, we are all fellow citizens. Of the, with the saints and the members of the household of God. Saints meet the sanctified separated ones. Okay. And we are the members of the household of God. Alright. Having, how, how did we uh, become the members of the household of, household of God? Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built up together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. So it's a continuous process of building. And what is the, what is the building uh, foundations are? The two foundations are the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. And the last time we looked at, we looked at the reasons as to, I mean, last Wednesday when we studied, we looked at the reasons as to why, as to why the, the, the walls of Jerusalem were in ruins. And the walls uh, signify, you know, the standards of God, the separations between between the world and the and the church, and that is very important. And the walls have come down, and it says in Proverbs chapter twenty-eight, it says, "He who does not have rule over over his own spirit is a city which is broken down and without walls." Okay, so we understood the reason as to why uh, we were, we are in a position where the walls have come down, and God says, "Examine before you build." And once you examine, you have an honest appraisal as to why you have reached a particular situation in your life, and then begin to build from that, then on. Okay, so today we'll talk about uh, the importance again of this prophetic ministry, uh, the the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, the apostolic ministry, which sets up the doctrine, the doctrine of the apostles. It's the foundation upon which we build our lives, and the second one is the prophetic ministry which is bringing us back even as we stray we go we stray several ways right we even as we stray in our paths for whatever reasons there could be several reasons that that will cause us to stray from the path of uh, rebuilding our lives and the prophetic ministry has 
this particular function what is a particular function or in in, in the several aspects of its or, or several dimensions of the prophetic ministry one important dimension of it is that it brings us back to the apostolic doctrines and the and 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 causes and exhorts us uh, chastises us corrects us and brings us back into the straight, straight and narrow path so today i want to look at a very important verse can you can you go to second chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20 please second chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20 read that completely second chronicles 2020 so we vision 2020 second chronicles 2020 okay so so let's read uh, second chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20 somebody read it quickly yeah so the rose early in the morning take over yeah Jehoshaphat student said uh-huh believe in the lord your god ah that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be established. That is the foundation. Okay. That is the apostolic doctrine. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be established. And then? Kya baat hai? Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. You see, this is very important. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other work apart from the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and that is the only way to salvation. No good works. All your good works is like filthy rags before God. It doesn't matter how many works you do. We call, we call them what works? Dead works. Right? So it, it's uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 6. You don't have to turn there. Verse 1 in the KJV translation says repentance from dead works. NIV says repentance from acts that lead to death. Okay? So it doesn't matter your you're on this path towards destruction or uh, eternal separation from the, from God. On that path, you might enjoy yourself with uh, all kinds of pleasures of this world. Or you might be doing a lot of good works. But you still end up in a place which is cut off from God. So acts that lead to death. Whatever those acts are, they lead to death. So repentance. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, believe in the prophets and what will happen to you? You'll prosper. And what is this prosperity? He's not talking about money in the bank bank account or a better job or whatever it is, no, a better house. No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about prospering in the sense that you will overcome. You will not be defeated by your enemies. You will not be defeated by your, by sin in your life. You will not be defeated by all kinds of lusts that you are that you that you have. And you will have a continuous. You will enjoy continuous victory over the powers of darkness. That is prosperity for us. That is the reason why John will say in 1 John chapter 3, you don't have to turn, sorry, 3rd John, he says, my, yeah, you should prosper even as your soul prospers. Okay, what's the whole point in prospering when your soul is not strong? You can you can have all the things that God gives you, but you may be having leanness in your soul. God, that's exactly what it says in Psalm 105, well, not 103, Psalm 105, it says that he gave them their requests but he sent leanness into their soul. So it's important for us to understand the importance of this prophetic ministry. What is the essence of the prophetic ministry and what is its particular significance in rebuilding? Okay, turn now therefore to Ezra chapter 4. If you, by the way, have uh, missed it, uh, Pastor Carter, last Sunday, preached the sermon. You know what's the title of the sermon? Let us arise and build. Times Square Church, New York City. Another anointed man of God. And of course, this time he's not taking from Nehemiah. He was talking from Ezra. 
It's remarkable. So God is confirming the word through different servants from different parts of the of the of the, of the globe. Same voice, same spirit, which is which is animating different servants of God, the vessels in God's hands. So, let's read from Ezra chapter four, verse twenty-three to the last verse. Please read from verse twenty-three to the last verse. I mean, twenty-three and twenty-four. Essentially, somebody can read it quickly. Ezra chapter four, verse twenty-three to the last verse. Artaxerxes. Mm. 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 Oh, by force and power, they had the backing of the state to stop the work of God. But let me tell you something. You may have the backing of the state. You may have the license to put the people of God in prison. You may have the high priests uh, giving you letters to imprison and also kill some of the servants of God. But you know what God calls it? Kicking against the... (laughs) That's what he calls it. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? You can have all the backing of all the religious establishment, the money power, whatever it is, the government is against you. You have you have the police against you. You have all the armed armed forces, the the entire uh, political as as well as the religious establishment against you. You know what God says? If they are opposing the work of God, it's just like kicking against the goats, not the last. Amazing, isn't it? So, if there is an opposition of the work of God in your life, you know what it is? Actually, kicking against goats. It's not going to stop. If it's the work of God, it will not stop. Okay, so let's read on. Yes. Hmm. Ah, the work of the house of God in Jerusalem stopped. Why? There was opposition. And the work of the house of God in Jerusalem stopped and it was discontinued until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. It's almost close to 16 years the house of God has stopped. Now, these are not ordinary people who came. These are the people whose spirits God had stirred to come back from Babylon to build Jerusalem. These are not ordinary people. These are the set of people who were willing to pay the price to build the house of God. And what has happened? Some some kind of a spiritual force to stop them from building the house of God. Then what happens? Ezra chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. Kya baat hai? Then the prophets Haggai and Zechariah. Two prophets. One old, one, one, one young. Haggai, the old man. Zechariah, the young man. Son of Edo. Who was martyred, by the way. Okay. So two prophets. Remarkable, isn't it? You see, the entire church, the the building of rebuilding of Babylon, at least they had six elders, if I'm right. First, you have Zerubbabel, you have Joshua. Okay. Then you have Haggai, Zechariah. Then you have Ezra, Nehemiah. Six people. Can you imagine two people called Ezra and Nehemiah who could work together? Who is Ezra? When Ezra heard that the people have uh, married and intermarried with other people, uh, the Jews intermarried with some other uh, Gentiles, you know what he did? He did, he broke, he just started weeping and crying and then, you know, he was mourning before the Lord and people came to him and said, why are, why, Ezra, why are you weeping? Because of the decisions you have taken. You have become just like the Gentile kings, Gentile nations around you. And then Nehemiah, when he heard, that some of the Jews went and married. You know what he did? He brought them and he slapped them. Pat, pat, pat. He gave them two, three shots. So you have Ezra, 
who mourns and Nehemiah who slaps. But those two people are working together to build Jerusalem. Okay. That is the church. In the church there will be slappers and mourners. What do you want to be? I believe it's difficult to be a mourner and sometimes it's difficult to be a slapper too. People who find it very difficult to slap will be called to slap. <laughs> that is according to my because your flesh has to be dealt with. Those people who are the fear of other people's opinions, they will be called to slap. And people who don't care about other people's opinions will be called to mourn. That is my personal experience, okay? <laughs> okay. So, no, you have two prophets. You have Zachariah and then you have Haggai. Haggai is the uh, older man who is very, very organized. Like Pastor James, okay? Like a clock. Okay, one, one algorithm, he works. Okay. And so he marks the dates when he gets the prophecy. He's extremely practical guy. Zachariah, on the other hand, is a visionary. I'm not me. It's not me. Okay. Just <laughs> suddenly don't try to say, <laughs> oh, this is, no, 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 no. Zachariah, Zachariah is a, is, is, is a visionary. He's, he's a dreamer. Okay. But both are important. Haggai prophesied only two chapters. Zachariah prophesied several chapters, 12 chapters, if I'm right. Who prophesied more? A younger, younger guy prophesied more. Did Haggai get frustrated? No. Both were content in their own offices, but both of them were important for the building of the church. So look at what happens. Now when the copy of the Atex, King Artaxerxes letter was read, oh sorry, uh, was uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 1, the prophet Haggai and the prophet Zechariah, the son of Edo prophets, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God of Israel who was over them. So Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josedek, rose up and began to build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God with, with, were with them, helping them. So what has happened now? Those under under. Okay, their, their fire was gone. Everything has become, you know, then what happens? They said, okay, I don't know what happened. We'll just try to understand what might have happened. Definitely. Should have happened. And, you know, they got discouraged and they stopped building. And then what happened? Prophets came, prophesied, and they started started working again. Who were helping them again? The prophets were helping them. That means they were also dirtying their hands. They were not just giving instruction. No, no, no. He's not doing that. They were like Jesus who comes and washes their feet. They are doing the work of God along with Joshua the high priest. Okay. So we had two people over there, Joshua and Zerubbabel who responded to the, the, to the, to the ministry of the prophets in their lives. And then what happens? Ezra chapter 6 verse 14. Read that. Somebody can read it quickly. So yeah. Ah, so the elders of the Jews built and the pro- no prospered. Ah, and they prospered through the prophesying of that is true, real prosperity is when you build the house of God in your life. That is how God measures prosperity. You see, and they prospered through the prophesying of the of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo, and they built and 
finished it. That means they, they didn't stop it. See, one of the most important things is half-constructed buildings. That is the reason why Jesus says in the call to discipleship, he says, which one of you, when you're asked to build a house, will not first of all do the math, calculation, whether you have sufficient to build or not. Otherwise, you will have a half-constructed house and others will, will mock you. But you know what? Under the prophesying ministry of the, the prophetic, sorry, the prophetic ministry of Haggai and Zechariah, what happened? Their hands were strengthened. They continued building the house of the Lord and they, what? Finished it. And if there is a work of God which God has started in your life, he will finish it. But you, what do you need? The prophetic ministry. You see that? You see the importance of the prophetic ministry? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you'll prophets prosper. Okay? Okay, so if you want prosperity, you need prophets. But you know what? Many people don't like prophets. Like Ahab. I don't want Micaiah. Because he will prophesy only bad things concerning me. Not good things. He'll give me an honest appraisal. But we need those prophets who are fearless. And it's very difficult to be a prophet. Okay, it's not easy to be a prophet. It's a very, very difficult job to be a prophet. Okay, so let's move on. So, and they built and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel, and according to the command of Cyrus, Darius, the, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. So what happened? So according to the command of God, and according to the command of the king. So what happened? Whose command? God's command became the king's command. That is the reason why it says, the heart of the king is in the hands of God, and he will turn whichever way he chooses. Amen. So what, what did the prophets Haggai and Zechariah accomplish? How did they encourage people? So we'll start with the younger. Even though the way the prophetic uh, uh, words come in the chronological order, the first one to prophesy is Haggai and the second one to prophesy is Zechariah. But I being the younger one, so I'll start with Zechariah. And I want to see the first reason as to why people stop building or stop working on the house of God, which is your own house. We are the temple of God. Why do they neglect the temple of God in their own lives? Why do they do it? The first, first cause and the most common cause is this. Turn to Zechariah chapter 3, please. Zechariah chapter 3. Zechariah chapter 3. This is what we call as gospel according to Zechariah. What is it? Gospel according to Zechariah, okay? Zechariah chapter 3. Let us read this from verse 1 onwards. <clears throat> and he showed me Joshua the high priest. Now look at this. Joshua is the one who is actually representing the remnant which has come back to build the house of God. Okay? He's representing the remnant which which has come back. So because Joshua is, is a representative of all the people. Because he is the one who goes into the most holy place during the day of atonement to offer a sacrifice for his sins as well as for the sins of the nation. And by the way, if uh, uh, if the high priest sins, what should he offer? A bull. When the whole congregation sins, what should they offer? A bull. So if the high priest sins, it is like equivalent to the whole congregation sinning. That is point. So, if the leadership sins, it's literally like that. No, it's very, very important for us to understand that. So, then it's verse 3. No, verse 1 onwards. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. That's exactly first. You know what? The first thing that caused them to stop working on the house of God in their lives is discouragement and condemnation. Past. Opposition. 
you know most believers stop working on their house you know why they say what is the point of building so much of failure in my life so much of opposition i am my worst enemy pastor there's nothing good in me i'm not going to disagree what are you expecting oh brother no no don't say like that you're talented no 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 i'm not going to say that because we have no goodness apart from god that is the reason the psalmist will say lord my goodness is nothing without you my goodness does not extend unto you <laughs> so one of the most important things that stops the work of god in your life is discouragement discouragement failure that is the reason why peter will say i go fishing Isn't it amazing? God comes, God appears, God prophesies. He says, Peter, Satan has asked me permission to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail you. But when you return, strengthen your brothers. When you are restored, strengthen your brothers. But God, you know what he does to his brothers? I go fishing and all of them join. We also go with you. From fishers of men, back to fishing. And then God confronts him, right? And he restores him. God is a God. Who is a first point. You know, a lot of people get discouraged by failure in their life. I'm, I'm sure many of us have gone through failure. Failure after failure sometimes. And you're so discouraged. And you know, most of the failures are because of your own stupidity. Right? And because you made wrong decisions. And this is exactly what has happened. And he showed him Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at the right hand. Let me tell you, when Satan is at the right hand of, of the father, he will not speak lies. He cannot speak lies, by the way. When he says, and when he accuses something against you in the presence of God, God has to say, yeah, I know he's, you're right. In the presence of God, Satan cannot lie. And the problem with Satan is, is he's got only one job. To and fro, up and down. See? Where he can find fault. And take him to God. You know, that's interesting, right? Where does he, where does he ultimately end up? He ends up in the presence of God among all the sons of God. That means Satan comes to church every Sunday. He was there in the presence of God. What's the whole point? I mean, he'll, he'll be here. No, no problem. So what is his, what is his work? You're not, think you're not good for anything. Lord, this fellow, Lord, you, you, you trust this fellow Peter. One day he will say, this and second day he will say something else. Useless fellow of Lord. This is exactly what happens. Satan standing at the right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Only, Lord, and the, only the Lord can say to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Why? You know something? Yes, you're right when you say that this guy is a failure. But in me, he's not. In me, he's not. In fact, it doesn't matter how good and articulate and bright and intelligent and religiously accomplished virtuoso you are. When you come and stand before the presence of the Lord, you will say, Ayo, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell among the people of unclean lips. I have seen the Lord of hosts and I'm undone. That's exactly what is going to happen to you. And you know what God will do? He'll take the tongues from the altar and he will purge your iniquity. That's exactly what happened. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a bland plucked from the fire? Yeah. 
is absolutely burnt. His life is a mess. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoking flax he will not put put out. And he answered and spoke to those who were who stood beside him before him, saying, "Take away his filthy garments." What should you do? Take away his filthy garments and give him what? To give him and so this, uh, take away his filthy garments and and it says, "See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes." That's exactly what God does when you go there. You know something? This is a work of God in our lives, and many, 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 many of you even today suffer for com- from condemnation and guilt. You feel condemned. Suffer. All you can see in your life is clothes which are burnt. But you cannot see the work of God, of Jesus. And he became, he who did not sin, became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. You see, you don't read your Bible script carefully. That is the reason why you waver. He who did not know sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In in him we have redemption, even the forgiveness of our sins. Christ himself became for us righteousness, wisdom from God, righteousness, redemption and justification. He was the one who became for us everything. The finished work of Jesus on the cross. Boy, so many people, doesn't matter how far they have strayed away from God, they depended upon this fine, this is, this is the ultimate thing that you can depend upon. Nothing else. Nothing else. It doesn't matter. If I'll tell you something. You might have started your your, your your Christian life absolutely fantastic and you were you're succeeding for a while. And after a while, you know, you might have backslidden and you might have gone back into the world. You know, something even there when you're completely gone. You know what it says in Jeremiah? I will lead you to the wilderness and I will speak kindly with you. Hosea, he says. I will speak kindly with you. I will speak kindly with you. It is the kindness of God that brings us back to repentance. Yes, Lord, I deserve to die. But you know what? It is the kindness of God that brings us back to repentance. And Joshua standing, he's absolutely ashamed. He can't even say, yes, Lord, what is what Satan is saying is lies, Lord. I cannot do, he cannot even say that. You know what God says? The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Is this not a brand? Pluck branch, pluck, pluck from the fire. And you know what he does? He takes away his filthy garments and he puts him, puts upon him rich garments. That's the work of God. That's what he does. He clothes us with his own righteousness. That is what we call as justification by faith alone apart from works of the law. Uh, Romans chapter 3 verse 28. Somebody read it please, quickly. Romans chapter 3 verse 28. <sighs> Uh-huh. Uh, we conclude that the man is justified by faith alone, added Luther. <laughs> Sola, fide, he said. Faith alone apart from the works of the law. He's justified by faith alone. All my striving, deadly striving it's called. It's called. I lay it down and I complete. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, all the burns of my heart were rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I have done? Christ died upon the tree. Amazing pity and grace unknown and love beyond degree. Well, not, well, might the sun in darkness hide 
and shut its glories in when Christ the mighty maker died for man the creature's sin. What an awesome God he is. He died for us so that we can be clothed. You know, these are, these are the things you have, to, you have to keep on telling yourself every day in the morning. Practice it. Lord, not my righteousness. If I look at the failures in my last day, my good works, even my so-called obedience, I cannot rely upon it. I only rely upon the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And if Satan can point an accusing finger, finger at me, he could be well right. He could well be right. But the Lord rebuked him. You know why? Because if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just. Kya baat hai? He is a faithful God and he is a just God and he reconciles us and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all our unrighteousness and it will cause us to have this assurance as if we have never you know what? You see, justification is just not forgiveness. Forgiveness was there even in the Old Testament. Justification is like what? As if you have never sinned. What is your bank account? Minus 4,500 4, 4, crores. And now after you have been justified, all accounts cleared? No, not only just all accounts cleared, infinite money in your bank account now. Adi point. You see, these are the things you need to really, really appreciate, Baba. Otherwise, you will not love God. You will still try to do things in your own ways. And you know what? You will fail after failure, after failure, after failure, after failure, after failure. Till the point you will say, Lord, what is this, Lord? Just confess, Baba. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to thy fountain fly. Wash me, Savior. Or I die. First thing. You know what he does? He puts on robes. And you know what? Immediately the next next thing the, the brother does. Look at verse 5. And I said, who said? Who said? Who's that I? Go back, go back to Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 5. And I said, who's that I, Baba? Zechariah. No, he's having this vision. And I said, what did he say? Lord, 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 you clothe them with the righteousness of Jesus. I want you to add one more thing. I think you forgot it. No, God did not, God did not forget. He was just waiting whether you'll be the accuser of the brethren or the coverer of the brethren. You're a prophet, right? Whether you will stand with Satan or will you stand with me? Love covers. A multitude of sins. Whether you will stand with Satan and say, yes, this fellow, this Lord, yo, Jonah, like Jonah, no? Did I not tell you, Lord, that you were uh, your good God? I knew this would happen. I'm waiting for these fellows to die. And he is, they're all repenting. He's frustrated. Can you imagine? We are not like that, no? Let, let, let us not have that kind of a spirit. Lord, it doesn't matter what kind of things we, like uh, one man of God was saying, we do not have enemies. Our enemies is only one fellow. Satan. And our flesh. We have no enemies. And then what happens? This guy, Zechariah says, Lord, Lord, you forgot something. You have to put a turban on his head. What is written on the turban of the of the high priest? Holiness to the Lord. Lord, this guy is just not justified. He is now set apart for you, Lord. He is yours. What a God. You know, many, many people get discouraged. They don't know whose they are. 
You know why they get discouraged? Because they do not know who they are, who they are. You are gods. And if you are gods, all things are yours. Turn to 1 Corinthians, please. Chapter 3. Please. If I am right. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter 3 and verse. Please read that. Whoever found it very well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly which verse to read. Uh, verse 21 and 22, please. Therefore, ah, nobody glory in men, only glory in what God has done. Yes. For all things are yours. Who are they? Ah, who, see, all things, how, how does he start first? With the people who preach the word of God, no? Paul and then Apollos. Kephas, or the world, or life, or or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours, and you are Christ. Kya baat hai, and Christ is God's. Everything is yours. Do you know whose you are? Who's your ante? God's bank account is your bank account. That is the reason why one man of God said, don't ever tell your children I can't afford it. Tell your children that the Lord does not want to give it now to us. When we need it, He will give it. My wife agrees sometimes and not all the time. <laughs> you see, don't ever, I, we can't afford, oh, no, 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 don't you know your father's salary? We can't afford it. No, 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 no. You know your father's salary and God has not increased your father's salary because we don't need it now. And if it is in God's will, in God's time, He will give it. What is it for God? One one rupee or ten crores? What is it? Do you believe that? So like pastor says, right? Lord, your wallet belongs to me. And if your wallet belongs to me, my wallet also belongs to you. We share. We have a joint account. But you know what happens in the joint account? Whenever you spend money, your wife will get the SMS. That is the problem with joint account. Why did you spend this money? In Yeah, you're laughing. All married men are laughing now. You see, this is the point. God has got no reservations to give you. Don't ever think that God is a God who is a joy killer, who doesn't want to bless you. He wants, always wants you to drive in a nano car. No. I, I'm not sure. Because see, now, nowadays now, nano car is not giving me any backache. But the time will come when the nano will give me a backache and God will give me a better car. I don't know. Not a Mercedes, I don't know. <laughs> 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 See, <laughs> sister Elsa is prophesying, I don't know. <laughs> you see, you see, God is a God who wants to give good gifts. If you being evil fathers can give good gifts to your children, how much more your father in heaven. But the problem is we want to have everything before our time. And what do we do? We get into debt and we say, Lord, please pay my debt. God says, what are you doing? Did you ask me? Did you consult me? No. One house, second house, third house, fourth house, EMI, 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 EMI. We'll come to that later on. (laughs) We'll come to the practical sides later on. But you think, you see, this is important for us, my dear brothers and sisters. The first thing which will cause us to stop working on the house of God in our lives, you know, is what? Is discouragement. Is discouragement, condemnation, guilt. 
opposition from our own self. Lord, I am not good enough, Lord. I am not good enough, I am not good enough, I am not good enough. And one day, God will say, Tadastu. According to your faith, be it unto you. By your words you will be justified, by your words you will be condemned. Okay. In you, Lord, I am everything. I can do all things through Christ. I know how to abound, I know how to abase. I know how to be in hungry, I know how to have a paunch. I know everything. In all things I can do. In, in all things I know, I have learned the secret of being content. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God shall supply your need. My God shall supply. I, my God is there with me. I don't need anything. In other words, you have a need, he will supply. Don't worry. According to his riches. What are the riches, Baba, of Jesus Christ? Think about it, my dear brothers and sisters. Manaki riches ante, puru jusna, dabbu, like both a pelli, irende. See? So, then, let's, let's go back now to Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 6. Then the angel of the Lord, what did he do? Ch- go back to Zechariah chapter 3 verse 6. Je- Zechariah chapter 3 verse 6. Yes, Peter, read it. You see, he's protesting. He's saying, you know what? What is he protesting? He says, verse 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in all my ways. See, God is not saying you walk in all my ways and I will, I will justify you. No, 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 no. Now that I have justified you, what should you do? Walk in all my ways. He doesn't say, obey me, then I will justify you. I will declare you righteous. No. Now that I have declared you righteous, obey me. At the point. It is the obedience to the faith. Please look at Romans chapter 1 verse 5. Romans chapter 1 verse 5. Romi Lagrasana Patrika. Motodhyam Ayado Vachanam. Romans chapter 1 verse 5. And then Romans chapter 16 verse 26. Rendu. Two verses. Romans chapter 1 verse 5, 16, 27. The beginning of Romans and the ending of Romans. Through whom? We have received grace and apostleship for the obedience to the faith among all the nations for his name's sake. That is the obedience to the faith. And then 1626. Yes, Raj, you can read it. You found it. Ah, yeah. Ah, you see, by the what scripture, Baba? Prophetic scriptures. What has he done? Made known to all nations. Uh-huh. To bring about the obedience to the faith, to the only God be glory forever and ever. Amen. So what is the ultimate thing about, about God? He's saying, I, I know that I justified you. Now that I gave you the free gift of righteousness, what am I desiring from you? Obedience. Walk in all my ways. Then you shall also judge my house. And likewise, have charge of my courts. I will give you places to walk among these who stand here. So God is saying, you know what? Learn my ways. Turn to Acts chapter 20, or 2, not 20. Acts chapter 2, verse 36 onwards. I want to look at 10 things that you need to do in order to experience the work of what Zechariah has done. Zechariah was explaining in Zechariah chapter 3. Chapter chapter 2 of uh, of Acts, and re- uh, let's, let's re- uh, listen from, I'm um, sorry, read from verse 36 onwards, okay? <coughs> uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 36 onwards. Okay, and I'll read it, you can, you can follow it in your Bibles, okay? Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He has become our righteousness, and he is also now the Lord of our lives. 
So if anybody is teaching you gospel only, which is freedom from sin, uh, freedom from the penalty of sin, that is only, it is false gospel only. If he is not preaching obedience, it is not gospel. It is not good news. It is extremely bad news. Okay, let's read on. Verse 37 now. Now when they heard this, they were cut to their heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then said Peter, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise to you and to your children and to all that who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received this word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them and they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and, uh, and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, together and had all things in common, then sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Uh, so continuing daily from in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house walls, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. So there are 10 things which are, which are happening over here. 10 things we need to do. First thing, we need to constantly repent. First thing is what? Repent. Say everybody say, repent. It's the same thing, no? The same thing. One message for all of us. Repentance from dead. Every day start. Lord, let me change the way I think. Grant me repentance. Second, be baptized. Meaning what? Believe in your... First of all, if you have not been baptized, get baptized. Okay. But getting a just being baptized is like getting a passport without a visa. That's what one man of, one man of God said. Yeah. Getting a passport is like anybody go to, goes to the passport office. Nowadays, no, you don't even have to pay the police fellow. Those days I paid 50 rupees bribe. First time when I got my passport. I remember very well. 1997 if I'm right. 1999 if I'm right. Those whereabouts, those times. So I'm a dinosaur. Okay, very, very old. Prehistoric now. See, you know, you getting a passport. No, getting US visa? Abba. That is difficult. Getting baptism certificate is not very difficult. You can come and say, Lord, I have repented, etc. We can give you a baptism certificate, but you have to live in the reality of your baptism. That is a different thing altogether. What is the reality of baptism? Read from Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Shall we continue to continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Don't you know? As many have been baptized into Christ Jesus, have been baptized into his death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, that you should also live in the newness of life. Reality of baptism. First is what? Repent. Second is what? Die to yourself. What is that? Die to yourself. How do you die to yourself? Let me show you. Turn to uh, chapter uh, 16 of uh, Romans. Oh, sorry, not, not uh, 16. Uh, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, not Romans chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. <coughs> 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 and verse... Verse 18. 
Third, it says, receive the Holy Spirit. So don't be baptized with, so don't be drunk with the world, but be baptized with the Spirit. Continuously be baptized with this. This is the third thing. Fourth thing, it says, separate from this perverse generation. Okay, the first thing is what? Repent. Second is what? Live in the reality of baptism. Third is what? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Fourth is what? Separate from the things of this world. Six, sorry, five. Continue in doctrine. What is that? Continue in doctrine. Continue. Be consistent, not just one day, every day of your life. Every day. Upadesamu. It's called Upadesamu in Telugu. Okay. Continue in doctrine. Continue in doctrine. Continue. It's a steadfast thing. That is one of the things that we as pastors and leaders who are called to preach, we have to continuously, constantly keep preaching the word. Week after week, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Sunday, Wednesday, continuously doing it. I mean, I was listening to David Wood. I mean, how many of you know David Wood? He has another something called Vision 2020 he started, no? Vision 2020. And he said, you know what? I want to, I want to start off a bunch of YouTubers. Okay, who will consistently develop YouTube which will battle false ideas. And then he makes a statement. He says, the internet is full of crap and I am the laxative. I thought it was a fantastic statement. (laughs) The internet is full of crap, I am the laxative. That is the reason why there is one gate when they are building the walls of Jerusalem and the gates of Jerusalem. What is it called? The dung gate. Ah, refuse gate. What do they do in dung gate? They, all the mess in the children of God, they throw it out. Some people are called to build, bring the dung gate, build the dung gate. What is the dung gate, Baba? What is dung? 1615 of Luke's gospel. Devan Drishtiki Kampayad Gortundi, basically. 1615 of Luke's. Yeah, yeah, read it, read it, read it. Uh huh. Ah, before men you justify yourself. Uh huh. What is highly esteemed among men? Is a abomination in the sight of God. Now think about what is the most highly esteemed among men. I'll tell you what. First is money, education, success. What tennis? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Raj. Yeah. T- <laughs> esteemed among men is what? Abomination. I know what Paul says. All these things which I consider as great, I consider it as what? Dung. So what is doctrine doing? It's working as laxative to get the dung out of our lives. That's some brutal terms, Baba. 
But there is a lot of things at the dung gate. There is a dung gate in Jerusalem. Which is getting rid of all the crap literally to so to speak in our lives. Nonsense thoughts. Can you imagine if your thoughts can smell? I didn't say that. You are an aroma of death to those who are being perishing when you are an aroma of life to those who are saved. That means those who are being saved when they smell you, Ari, what a thought. An aroma of death when they smell you, say, Chi, they repel. But when God smells them, you stink, he says. By this time you stinketh. So continuous, continuous in doctrine. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God is for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness so that a man of God is ready, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All the nonsense out of his life, uh, if in his life is gone. Refuse gate. Okay, so continue in doctrine. Second thing, continue in fellowship. Not one day. Continue in fellowship. Continue in doctrine. Continue in fellowship. You should not say, yesterday only I ate, today also I should eat. We never say that, right? We eat. Ah, exactly. <laughs> we will not complain. Yesterday could be sambar, today also we need sambar. Sometimes it's okay if it's uh, yesterday sambar, but we still need sambar. Okay, so we continue in doctrine, we continue in fellowship, third we continue in breaking of bread, what we call as judging ourselves, examining yourself. It's called as Atma Vimarsana. Vimarsa. You should continue, subject yourself to continuous examination. Examine yourself if you are in the faith. If, if see if Christ Jesus is inside of you. In other words, do you see Christ Jesus being formed inside of you? And I'll tell you something, the only way Christ Jesus will be formed inside of you is when you respond positively to the negative in your life. When your enemies accuse you, what do you do? Bless them. You don't say, Lord, send one. You should learn a lesson, Lord. No, 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 Lord. No, Lord, no. They do not know what they are doing, Lord. That is when you are broken, actually. You will experience brokenness only then. When you respond the way Christ has responded. You love them. You are broken for them. You just Cry out for them. You go on your knees for them. You know why? You'll say, you know Lord, if I was in his place, I would have done the same thing. If I was in her place, I would have possibly done the same thing. I'm not better than anybody else. I am. In my flesh, there is nothing. Good. It's all refuse only. So continue in doctrine. Continue in fellowship. Continue in the breaking of bread. And fourth thing, continue in prayers. And then it says, verse 9, what is the result of all this? Then the fear of the Lord came upon all of them and they were filled with great fear. This is one of the most important things. Turn to uh, Matthew chapter, sorry, Romans chapter 3 verse 18. Romans chapter 3 verse 18 and then I'll talk talk, talk about Matthew chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 verse 18. Yeah, there is no fear of God before their eyes. You see, one of the things is you need to understand. What happens when you truly, truly have become born again? When you experience God? You know what happens? There is a fear of God. There is a gift of the fear of God which comes into your life. There is a fear of God. You tremble before Him now. Because you have been humbled by God. To this one I look. A man who is of a humble and a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Who now you take 
guarded as what? You're scared. You're really scared. It was good for me that I was afflicted. Then I learned your judgments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now that I was afflicted, I came back to you. Afflictions are important. So, filled with the fear of God. First Peter chapter 1 verse 17, please. First Peter chapter 1 verse 17. Actually, 16 and 17. Somebody read it, 16 and 17. First <coughs> Peter chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. <coughs> Excuse me. Hey, because it is written, because it is written, be holy as I am holy. If you call on the Father who judges everyone without partiality, according to each one's work, conduct yourself toward the time of your sojourning with what? With fear. Bhayamuto, vanakuto, ni swantarakshanu, kattukonadi. Konasaginchukonadi. All those desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will I will not suffer enjoyment. We will not call it suffering, no? If it is enjoyment. Will suffer persecution. So conduct yourself with fear. Again, 2.17. First Peter 2.17. Mm-hmm. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. You see? Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Fear God. But it is true. You have to fear God. You know, standing before the judgment seat of Christ is not very easy. Think about it. Standing before the judgment seat of your boss is easy. No, it's not. If your boss calls you to his office, I have something to speak to you about. If the director calls me to my his office and during triple IT days, which I have something to say, please come to my office. Heart in your mouth. If the director can give you so many nightmares, how much more God? Think about that. We must all, we must all, it is not we may all, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and therefore knowing the terror of God, we persuade men. Fear of God increased. And then finally, the, the most, most difficult, most difficult for many of us had all things in common. Ten things they have. All things in common. Nobody said, it is mine. No. Can you believe that? There is no antiseptic in that place. Touch me not. Oh, no. Just, just. Nobody said it is Nadi. That is children, no. Children will say it is Nadi. So that is how they protest. It is Nadi. And exactly as the distribution of idlis. It's not that they didn't have problem. They had also problem. At the distribution of idlis, all the problems started. The Greek people got less idlis and they, the other people got more. Aha! Uh-huh. Discrimination over idli. Distribution of bread, it's, it's, it's called. But in our context, it is idli only. I mean, or dosa, whatever you want to call it. No? Or upma, we don't, we don't know. All the kajus went off to the Greeks and the only... <laughs> So, you see, ten, they had all things in common. That is how they were built up. And if they sinned, if they sinned, oh yeah, they will all sin. Will, will we all not sin? 1 John chapter 2 verse 1, 2, 3. 1 John chapter 2 verse 1, 2 and 3. 
My little children, these things I write to you, that you may not sin. We are not preaching to you so that you can go and sin. No. Okay. Strive against sin. In fact, you have not striven against sin until the shedding of... Ah. Small temptation. Oh, yo. Okay. These things we are speaking to you so that you will not sin. But, next, read the next verse. And if anyone sins, ah, thank you Jesus. We have a advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the kya baat hai? Jesus Christ the righteous who has become a what for us? propitiation and an advocate, he himself has become a propitiation for our sins. Turn now to Zechariah chapter 3 now. Verse 9, 8 and 9. Just read 8, 8 and 9. Yeah. Quickly. Here, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your friends, it says in, in uh, some translations, and your companions who sit before you, for they are a wondrous sign. For behold, I am bringing forth my servant, the cramp branch. And he says, for behold the stone that I have laid before Joshua upon the stone are how many eyes? Seven eyes. Revelation chapter 5 verse 6. Please read somebody. Revelation 5 6. Easy to remember. Yeah, Revelation 5 6. Huh. Uh-huh. Oh, it was not a lion of Judah. Who was, who was there? The lamb was there. And who was there? What he was? And as though it had been slain. Ah, having seven horns and seven eyes. And what are the seven eyes? Kya baat hai? The fullness of the spirit right in the midst of the holy of holies in heaven. And the lamb as if it was slain. Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 5. The behold, the day has come, says the Lord. What will I, da- I, I, I rise from David? A righteous branch and then? And the king shall reign and prosper. 33.15, Jeremiah. 33.15. Then those days, and at that time, Ah, the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David. Now, what did 1 John chapter 2 say? If any man sins, we have an advocate in heaven for us. Why, what is he called? Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's there. See, in other words, we don't want to sin. But if we sin, we have an advocate. It is, it, it's not that you're giving yourself provisions for sinning. No, 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 no. Please don't misunderstand me. You need to understand this because all of us will fall. But we have an advocate. Jesus Christ, the righteous, who has become a propitiation, the atonement, the sacrifice, who will appease God on our behalf. He has become an advocate. Did you get that, everybody? So the first thing that that stops you from building the house of God is what? Discouragement. You know how to deal with discouragement now? Yes? Second thing. Second thing that causes you to stop the building the house of God in your life is found in Haggai chapter 1. I call it apathy. First is discouragement. Second is? Apathy. What is apathy? I don't know. I don't care. That is apathy. IDK. IDC. 
<clears throat> Let's read from verse 1 onwards. In the second year, King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord, Haggai, Haggai chapter 1, Haggai chapter 1. Huh? Ah, okay. Uh, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and Joshua, the son of Josedach. The high priest saying, thus speaks the Lord of hosts saying, this people says the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. First is discouragement, second is RA. Discouragement, ah, no it's not. And the time that, you see I have so many personal problems Baba. So many personal issues I have. You, you want me to lay aside all my personal issues and take care of the house of God. I'll tell you something, if you wait for your personal problems to be solved before you start God's work, You will never. And then it says, verse 3, Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? And this temple lying in ruins? Now therefore thus says the Lord, Consider your ways. What are your ways? You have sown much and you bring in little. Okay, then you eat but you do not have. That means your food is not satisfying you. Your drink is not satisfying you. And then it says, those who earn wages, earns wages to put it in a bag of... I'll tell you what it means. There's absolutely no job satisfaction in your life. It doesn't matter how much successful you are, you you still are not satisfied. You know, the most decorated uh, Olympian in the entire world is Michael Phelps. 28 gold medals, Baba. India, with all its uh, Olympic history, has two gold medals. One Michael Phelps, one Michael, and that two in hockey, when hockey had no astroturf. Okay. And Kabaddi. And the other Kabaddi is not, no, 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 not Kabaddi. Kabaddi is still not an uh, Olympic sport, it's only Asian game sport. Okay. So, you see, what is that? You, one Michael Phelps is equal to one India, or more than, I mean, uh, seven Indias, or uh, 13, 14 Indias. 14 Indias, one Michael Phelps. You know what Michael Phelps at the end of his life, I think it's very interesting that both Michael Phelps and Ian Thorpe, Ian Thorpe is another great swimmer of Australia. Okay, they, they, they used to call him the Torpedo. Okay, Ian Torpedo. Those Deccan Chronicle advertisements, I mean those uh, headlines, you know, those days, Torpedo, Torpedo wins the gold in 100 meters dash. Now, some of the most decorated, what he said, Olympians. And you know what? In 2019, there was an interview in CNN. This is CNN, or 2018. There was an interview in CNN where Phelps was battling depression. Depression. With all the achievements, the most successful Olympian of our time suffering from what? Depression. Hey, is success not important? Oh, it is important. But not at the cost of God. There was another Olympian. My children know him. His name is Eric Little. Yeah, everybody knows Eric Little. You know what? Sunday you have to go for 100 meters dash. What? Olympics. You've been practicing all your life and you are the fastest in the world. Sunday you have to run for Olympics gold for 100 meters. He says, no. Olympic gold is not going to satisfy me. Today's Sabbath. You know why one of the reasons why the people of God went into captivity and the house was laid in ruins? Because for 490 years they did not keep the Sabbath of the land. And God required 70 years. They did not put God first. 
their priorities were messed up and what has happened? There is no satisfaction in their life at all. And the ultimate satisfaction is, you know what? When you bring one soul to Christ, that is satisfaction. You know why? Because that is going to give you eternal reward. That is going to be a crown in heaven which is not going to fade away anymore. And that is the reason why Paul says in First Thessalonians, he says, my dear brothers and sisters, you are our crown. You are our medal. And when we bring and do the work of God and build other people's life, that is ultimate satisfaction. One soul, when he repents, it says, there will be great joy in heaven and great problems on earth. There are some, there are some people who will not bring one soul to Christ and whoever is bringing souls to Christ, they will put water on them also. It's unbelievable. All their life they have not even prayed for one soul. One soul they have not prayed. Now think about it. What does it profit a man and he loses his own soul? One soul they have not brought to Christ. One soul they have not encouraged. One soul they have not preached the gospel. One fellow has not said, you know what, you are a different guy. Apathy. You know what Haggai is saying? Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. And your house is in ruins. Don't have apathy in your life. First is what? Discouragement. Second is what? Apathy. And then he goes on to say, verse 7, Consider your ways, go up to the mountains, bring the wood and build the, build the temple, that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, it, I blew it away, says the Lord. Why? Because of my my house, which is in ruins. How many of you pray, 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 and pray, and God never seems to answer you? James chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. James chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. Read it, please, quickly. Oh, what quarrels causes, of course, what causes quarrels? What causes fights among you? Ah, uh, they are your passion. What translation is it? NASB. Oh, holy translation. Okay, passions at war at you with are at war with you, and then you desire and you do not have, and you murder. No, nowadays we don't murder. We do something else. We assassinate something else. Okay, move on. Yeah, you covet and you cannot obtain. You fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you do not receive because wrongly you want to spend it on your own lusts. Adi point. So why first thing, what stops you to build a house of God is discouragement. Second is apathy. Third is what? Selfishness. All the things for my own life only. God says no. Start building God's house first. Prioritize. And it will cost you. It will definitely cost you. If you take a decision to build God's house in your life, it will definitely cost you. It will. If you want to make Jesus Christ number one in your life, you will lose in this world. There is no person who has not lost in the world and built the house of God. It is impossible. That equation doesn't exist. No. It doesn't exist. It will come at a price, but that is worth it. 
in verse 12 of Haggai, chapter 1. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest, and all the remnant of the people, what did they do? They obeyed the voice of the Lord. Say, everybody say, obey. Obey. You know, oh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be established. Believe in the prosper, prophets, and you will prosper. And what happened? Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, okay, uh, and, and, uh, uh, sorry, they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him and the people feared the presence of the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people saying, I am with you, says the Lord. Kya baat hai? You built the house of God. You know what? If God is for us, who can be against you? You want to put God's work in your life. The top priority, God says, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how much more with Him will He give us freely? All things. All things. Behold, I am with you to the ends of the earth. You know why? Because you are going and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy, and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and you are teaching them to obey all the commandments which I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. And it says, verse 14, so the Lord, kya baat hai, stirred up the spirit. So you know what? These, these works cannot be done in your own flesh. They have to be stirred up by the, the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, the spirit of the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of God of hosts on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of the king of Darius, king Darius of Persia. They started working. You know why? God stirred up their spirit. First Timothy chapter one verse six. So sorry, second Timothy chapter one verse six. Second Timothy chapter one verse four, in fact. In fact, second Timothy chapter one verse four. Last verse for the day. Uh huh. Oh verse six, sorry. Verse six. For this reason, I oh, sorry, please somebody read first not KJV, please. For this reason, I remind you. The f- stir back the gift of God which is in you, that gift that you receive by the laying on of hands. Stir it back and start building God's house. Fight discouragement, fight apathy, fight selfishness and the Lord will stir your spirit because he's with you. He's interested more in your success than we ourselves. Amen. Can we all stand up? If any one of you is discouraged today, for whatever reason, going through intense bouts of discouragement and saying, Lord, what is the whole point? I've been such a failure. You can come back to the Lord today. You might have been discouraged. You might have failed because of your own foolishness. But God is greater. God's grace is greater than all our sin. Where sin abounds, the word of God says, grace much more abounds. And this evening, let us come and say, Lord, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Father, I confess my sins. I repent of all my unrighteousness. Father, your word says, if I confess, you are faithful and just to forgive me from all unrighteousness and to consider me absolutely righteous as if I have not sinned even once before. What a God we serve.
Father, this morning, pray, Father, for all those who are discouraged and whose hands have become feeble and the knees are drooping. I pray, Lord Jesus, you would strengthen them. Strengthen them. Father, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, they will experience, Father, conviction, but no condemnation. They will experience reconciliation, O Lord, because you have given us the ministry of reconciliation. And therefore, I pray, Father, that each and every one brother and sister here who has heard this word by faith will receive the reconciliation that is from you, O Lord. You have given us a spirit of reconciliation. Let us all be reconciled to you this evening. For the, for the blood of Jesus Christ has purchased our pardon free. Appropriation for our sins. Thank you, Father. To that, and I pray that you would bless us this evening. Strengthen us. We thank you, Father, for Johan. Thank you, Father, for his life. For 21 years of your faithfulness. Oh, Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that even as he enters into another year, Lord, whatever plan and a purpose that you have for him in his life, oh, Lord, you would bring it to pass. Lord, that he'll be a man who is on fire for you. Lord, he will lay aside every malice, every hypocrisy, but he will receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save his soul and he will be a man who loves the word of God and will be built upon the word of God. Oh, Jesus, we bless him in your name as a church. Strengthen him, O Lord Jesus. And let him, Lord Jesus, be a arrow in your hand, a mighty arrow in God's hand. Father, we speak it by faith in the name of Jesus over all our young children. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We praise you, Lord. We worship you for this evening. Lord, even as we fellowship over dinner, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bless the time of our fellowship together. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen.